0: If you are a Braveheart, the next hour is just for you. Welcome to Bravehearts Radio with Brian Reinbold. In this program, you'll learn who the Bravehearts are and connect with them to help change the world. By doing so, you'll be changed for the better. Now, here is your host, Brian Reinbold.
1: And welcome Bravehearts, you know I know how difficult it can be to uh, go through your days without purpose and I know what a great joy it can be to find your purpose and to live it and here at Bravehearts Radio we are at our best when we're helping ourselves and helping others find that uh, real voice that genuine voice within themselves. Today we're going to be talking about reinventing ourselves post-COVID with JD Gershmein. JD doesn't just have a finger on the pulse of the post-COVID new economy personal branding, uh, he is the heartbeat itself. And um, you know, if you want to access JD, you can you can find his bio on the Bravehearts Radio website, braveheartsradio.org. Anything from LinkedIn to Instagram. There's a there's a I think there's a dozen ways to connect with JD. And uh, you can find that all on our new uh, braveheartsradio.org website. Hey, welcome JD. Good to be back in the Bravehearts Fold, Brian. How the heck are you? Uh, never better, and I'm <gasps> sticking with it. You know, um, uh, you know, about a year ago, I thought uh, my my standard never better might be something. Man, I don't know if people want to hear that right now. And the more I'd have that conversation with people, the more I found out, you know what? That's exactly what we need. We need that, optimism.
2: That is uplifting as a response. I, I, I mean, when you ask people how you do and then they just say, fine, I'm not sure you're getting the whole story. But when, when someone responds
1: never better, I, I think you've got a, a window into their world. Yeah. And it's like... What, tell me about that, you know, that, and that's that actually that's what, kind of what I want people to, to to have that. Really? Well, how is that? You know, well, it's it's it never better. And, and I'm sticking with it. And um, the, 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 one of the things that uh, yeah, I made a note of uh, before the show, because we we're talking about reinventing ourselves post covid. And uh, I know you've been you've been really ramping up or, or you've ramped up for that over the past uh, over the past year, you know. Uh, you're, you're always ahead of the curve on this kind of a, a, a thing. And I, I thought uh, the, uh, the thing that I've actually found a little bit amusing is the sense that um, is authenticity is really important, you know, or, or, wow, relationships, are that, they're really important. And you know, people, it, it seems like a, discovering this for the first time, and, and this, this has been your gospel since the beginning it's like it took a global pandemic to really illuminate the
2: fragility of life and force us into these realizations i i, I mean I think back early into the into the pandemic when we were starting to shelter at home and mm-hmm. virtual networking was the way to go i remember being uh, in a breakout room and someone asked me what my goals were you know for the uh, sheltering at home, and you know, mm-hmm. the virtualization of business was was on, and, yeah. and people were starting to learn the joys of of working at home. And I've always kind of been a, a digital citizen, so I kind of understood uh, uh, how to do that. There was no real adaptation curve for me, but I remember saying that my goal was to just not get freaking sick. Yeah, and I, I look at that now as we uh, as we tape here today, we're we're inching toward a post COVID nineteen recovery, and I'm speaking mm-hmm. now in terms of the recovery and this this reinvention that has gone on with most people, myself included, during the pandemic has been continuous. Mm-hmm. I I believe in continuous reinvention. I'm I'm literally reinventing myself on the hour. It seems.
1: Mm-hmm. Well, you're so, you're always a student.
2: Yeah. And and if I'm going to communicate about reinvention and about uh, how we're just kind of creating this so-called best version of ourselves as we go along, then I have to kind of take pages out of my own playbook. But the interesting thing is, Brian, I don't have a playbook. Uh, I'm off Mm -hmm. script with pretty much everything these days. And the pandemic has really forced us all to go off script.
1: Yeah. You know, sometimes not having a playbook is, uh, it, it's, uh, it's just the way it has to be. And, and a lot more fun is, you know, the thing that comes to mind is the, um, uh, the, the in extensive playbooks that say the NFL would have and the fun of playing a little three on three in the backyard, you know, mm-hmm. you draw out the play on your hand, <laughs> so you go over here, you go over there, you know, and, uh, you know, not, not that it's that, uh, that frivolous, but um, that, that's that's really the essence of improv, I, I reckon.
2: Well, I used to be a very structured, very regimented guy. Uh, it, speaking to you to you before the pandemic, as we uh, when we recorded, I I would wake up every day. I would have a plan. I would have there would be a blueprint for my day. Yeah, and I would be organized, and I would prioritize everything I needed to do, and I would always be the guy setting goals. Daily, weekly, monthly, quarterly, yearly, et cetera. But the pandemic really changed that up for me. Yeah. I I go off script all the time. Uh, I float my way through the days. I have no idea what's coming next. And sometimes a day is dictated by the first email I read in the morning. Mm-hmm. And I, I feel that sometimes the best plan is is having no plan. And that works for me these yeah. days. So I've been kind of
1: exploring applied improvisation and just maneuvering extemporaneously. You know that that idea of you know whatever the first uh, first thing that that really lights you up in the morning uh, that that's that doesn't really get any better than that in my opinion. You know, and, and I, I have a saying that uh, it the the winds of grace are always blowing. It's up to us to raise our sails. There you and, go. And and if 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 there's. Um, uh, you know, if there's anything I've learned, um, well, there really are many things, but I'd, I'd say the, the best thing that I've learned is something I got from uh, uh, Daniel Gutierrez uh, recently. And, and he said, um, if your calendar looks like it did a year ago, you haven't learned a thing mm-hmm. from this. And, and I, I, I took that to heart because my calendar didn't look like it did a year ago. It was a heck of a lot busier. And uh, I, within the past month or so, I've, I've taken a lot of the, um, the, what I call the stripes out of it. Because, the, you know, I use the Google Calendar and it's got, I use different colored things for different mm-hmm. types of things. And, and so, my, my day looks uh, like, oh, my gosh, I got this and I got that. I got a half hour. I've got a real interesting project to work on, you know, setting up my new video, for example. And, uh, man, I got, a, I got 15 minutes blocked for that. It ain't going to work.
2: Mm-hmm. <laughs> Well, as digital a guy as I am, since the start of sheltering at home and uh, social distancing, and now that mm-hmm. we're coming out of it, I I used to track my appointments on a uh, on a planner pad with a number two pencil, and I never really yeah. never really got into the phone calendar or the digital calendar. And, mm-hmm. and now I swear by it. I don't make a move without checking Outlook, and yeah. that's where I'm putting everything. I, I we're not going on meetings or mm-hmm. at least. Uh, We we haven't been. I think we're starting to see here at the at the cusp of of everything returning to uh, a rebound type phase where, Mm -hmm. yeah, we're we're going on meetings. Uh, We're back in traffic. Uh, Some people are bold enough to take mass transportation downtown. So we're seeing people again. Mm -hmm. And and it's a different mindset uh, from going from a strictly virtual
1: environment. Into a hybrid milieu, which is where we're at right now. Well, and that, that hybrid includes uh, doing doing a lot of what we're what do what we're doing now, mm-hmm. and and I, I reckon that um, you know for many of us it's been something that we found oh my gosh this is efficient or what I call the tail side of the COVID coin, mm-hmm. the connections and the relationships built over the last year around the world that wouldn't have been made you know otherwise, um, but also the um, Being able to get back together, I think there will be a new appreciation for something that we really had a tendency to take for granted, that human interaction.
2: We're starting to see this a little bit more, especially on LinkedIn, where people are moving their digital adventures into the real world. And they're taking pictures with the people that they've developed these relationships with over the last 14 months since March 2020. Yeah, And you're going to see a lot more of that. You're going to see LinkedIn coming alive for a lot of people because we have been confined to the virtual space. LinkedIn and Zoom have become our uh, lifelines in combination. And that's how we're keeping connected with uh, the professionals that mean the most in our lives. Uh, Whether you're an employer trying to keep your team working remotely uh, Mm -hmm. and and engaged, these are huge chores to have everybody aligned with the program and the vision, whether you're an entrepreneur looking to uh, capitalize on all this networking you've done, maneuvering through yeah. communities. I mean, like you, Brian, I've, I've, maneuvered through a lot of online communities in the last 14 months. And I've taken a lot of one-on-one meetings. I've had my day stacked with one-on-one Zooms. Mm-hmm. When you, when you leverage Zoom with LinkedIn you maintain this sense of connectedness with with the world and then you go out and see these people it's like hey this wouldn't have happened if not for the pandemic and if it leads to a business win uh a an advance in a career that's been a
1: blessing inside the curse yeah what i call the tail side of the coin you know you got the suffering on one side and then and coins, uh, you know, always have the other side that's uh, that's going to be there. We're going to talk about the uh, the LinkedIn uh, wheelhouse. That that you uh, that you have uh, when we come back, we we'll go to break here shortly. Um, remember, you can be a sponsor of Bravehearts Radio for as little as two hundred and eighty dollars, and you're not just uh, doing something good for your business or for the people that you serve. You're helping Bravehearts for Kids serve the families that uh, that we serve. Braveheartsforkids.org, making lives better for families of kids with cancer. So stick with us. We will be back on the other side of sixty seconds after these very important messages. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit facebook.com
0: forward slash voice America. Brave Hearts Radio is sponsored by Brave Hearts for Kids, a national pediatric cancer charity. Our mission is to provide life saving hope and inspiration to families facing a pediatric cancer ordeal through outreach, information, and mentoring. Our recently updated Spotlight Hope mobile app puts families in touch with resources to help make their lives better from any location in the USA. For more information or to help, go to BraveHeartsForKids.org. That's BraveHeartsForKids.org. As the mission specialist, Brian Reinhold doesn't fly the rockets, but he does help to make sure each mission gets accomplished. Employee engagement is such an important concern for business people today. Brian helps socially conscious businesses reduce expenses, increase profits, and inspire a sense of dedication in the workforce by training mission building behavior. It's not what Brian does that's most important, it's what people do after he trains them. For more information, contact Brian Reinbold at mission specialist at braveheartsradio.org.
1: Streaming live. The leader in Internet Talk Radio. VoiceAmerica.com.
0: You're part of Bravehearts Radio. Call into the program today to 1 866 472 5788. That's 1 866 472 5788. You may also email Brian. His email is mission specialist at braveheartsradio.org. Now, back to this week's show.
1: And welcome back, Bravehearts. You're listening to Bravehearts Radio. I'm your host, Brian Reinbold, and I am the mission specialist because I don't fly the rockets. I just help make sure the trip gets accomplished. Um, here with J.D. Gershbein, we're talking about the um, uh, reinventing ourselves uh, post-COVID. And, uh, you know, you, uh, I got, you've re, you were reinventing yourself all along the way. And so, um, I'm reinventing yeah.
2: myself right now. I'm different than I was 10 seconds ago.
1: Yeah. I, you know, I always get, I always get a kick out of the of Hey, you want to see a picture of when I was younger? It's like, how could it be otherwise? You know, true. So, <laughs> see a picture of me when I'm older, you know, it's like, that'd be a trick, you know. So, um, and uh, you're coming from the owl's nest, I see. And, uh, yes. you know, they, um, uh connect with JD on, uh, at uh, ow- owlishcommunication.com. That would be the name of the company I have run since 2006, which
2: is focused on the LinkedIn space. Yeah, LinkedIn sandbox
1: I have played in. Yeah. LinkedIn is your wheelhouse. I guess i you know, and I know you're, you're a Cubs fan and, and, you know, for those of those of us who are baseball fans, wheelhouse is one of those things that they say, that's the one you hit the home runs out of. So uh, that's exactly right. LinkedIn is your wheelhouse.
2: True that I, I came to it very serendipitously. I would have mm-hmm. come to the site anyway, but yeah. at the time that I really incorporated it into my schema, I, I Nobody was out there hanging up their shingle as LinkedIn specialists. Yeah. And nobody was outsourcing me for the work I do today. And a lot of things had to happen for
1: me to even have a career. And fortunately, they did. Mm-hmm. And a lot of them are things you did, you know, connecting with people. And I, 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 I use the connection that you make as an example all the time. The, when it, when we first connected on LinkedIn, um, I I recognized you. I, I knew you just because it's like I think I know this guy. So I reached out and, and I said, uh, would you like to connect? And you wrote back and you connected and you said, uh, would you like to have a phone conversation? And I, I use that uh, as an example of my God, what a what a great idea you know and so, so so simple but so basic and so so much a part of of what you do and really who you are.
2: Well, why else would we connect on a site like LinkedIn? It's a social networking site dedicated to business and, and relationships conversation. I, I mean, why connect? Why why build a network of business professionals if there's no purpose or reason behind it? I, I just yeah. never figured that out. I, yeah. And I don't know why people are content to just have an invitation accepted and then go dark and we're not supposed to live in each other's directories. We're supposed to get out there and find out what's behind the connection. Can, yeah. can
1: this be advanced into something that creates good for all parties? Well, I think there's a, there's a sense, um, maybe, maybe there's a different, a different side of the coin that uh, a view that says uh, the, the more numbers you have, the bigger, the, the, the um, um, the following, I suppose, the the better, the better it is. Um, but um well, I imagine that that's, that's probably also true. But, uh, it, you know, it, when someone asks me, well, why do you want to have a conversation after we've connected? I say, I want to find synergy. I'd qu- I quit trying to explain it in detail. Just find synergy because, you know, rather than being number 1105, you know, th- let's see if there's something that, uh, that we have a common interest in, some way we can, we can work with people.
2: I I don't connect for sport. I I really don't. I know there are people that like to keep score on LinkedIn Mm -hmm. and in general, in life in general. And I'm I'm of the belief that if you're going to move the needle in your Mm -hmm. business life, it's done through relationships. And what do relationships entail? Well, you have to build equity into the conversation and you have to approach people with the goal of co-creating something. Otherwise there's nothing there. Unfortunately, there are so many people that bypass that whole process and want to just sell you their product or their Mm -hmm. service. And and that to me is offensive, intrusive, and annoying. And Mm -hmm. I, I don't buy into that. I don't I don't buy into the the digital marketing aspect of what goes on in social media platforms. I'm really of the belief that everything we generate has to be organic. It comes mm-hmm. to our observations and experience and how we extrapolate what we see and what we experience into
1: tangible gain. And the only yeah. way to do that is to talk to people. Yeah. You know, it's, um, it's not like uh uh, well, I mean, you could, cause you can, you can still advertise on LinkedIn, for example, but, um, but it's, you know, with, which, uh, but uh, uh, finding uh, a targeted group of people who are your connections to advertise to, that's not what it's about.
2: No, no, it's not about that at all. And, it, and it's really never been about that. And yeah. the rumor is that you, your LinkedIn profile gives you a license to sell. And that's absolutely not true. I mean, mm-hmm nobody wants to be thought of as anybody else's sales lead right now yeah people are coming from a broken place emotionally Mm -hmm. Uh, they're very detached some have lost loved ones i I mean we're in a profoundly devastating period in human history right now the the rebuild is a kind of a sugar coated version for really bringing ourselves back up from the ashes which we will do but in the process businesses have become decimated and Mm -hmm. Profit margins are lost, and people are literally starting over again in business, and even entrepreneurs are scratching and clawing to just put one good client on the books. Yeah. You can't
1: just sell them. You can't just ram a sales pitch down their throats. Mm-hmm. It reminds me of, um, I, I got a lot of favorite quotes, of course, and I uh, attribute to Jack Dempsey, doesn't mm-hmm. matter how many times you get knocked down. What matters is how many times you get back up. Absolutely. And uh, I reckon you've you know even within uh, your wheelhouse you've uh, you've gotten brushed back or knocked down uh, a time or two and have had to get back up. Hey,
2: it's all about fighting the good fight every day, and mm. my fight is no different than anyone else's, and it's just with different gloves mm-hmm. and with different strategy or with different moxie. Uh, I, I want to do what's right for me. I want to create wealth for my family. I want mm-hmm. to enjoy my time away from what I do, have the so-called work-life balance, which is very mythical for a lot of folks. But you know what, during the pandemic, (laughs) I have to say, I've been busier during the pandemic than I was when I was building my consultancy. Mm -hmm. And I think the thing that surprised me the most is how I could go from being such a disciplined guy to someone who's who's waking up early every day, staying up as late as I can, Mm -hmm. and just Keeping my eyes on the prize, my, yeah. and, and and just doing every day what I need to win, but in a much different manner than I did. So I'm I'm answering emails, I'm answering voicemails, I'm texting, I'm writing content, I'm delivering client work, although sometimes not according to deadline. But I do the best I can. <laughs> I can't delegate, so I'm busy. And you know what? When we were really at the height of the pandemic, and I'm more of a homebody than my wife is. And I would go out, walk the dog, do a lot of thinking and use that time to really unwind and, and get in touch with myself. and And I still have done yeah. the things that keep me grounded as a human being. But as a professional, I'm much more illuminated and much more energized by what's out there right now, because coming out of the pandemic, there's going to be a lot more opportunity for people to rebuild themselves. And since I work on the front lines of reinvention... I'm already there, and yeah. I'm having wonderful conversations with people who are are just reshaping themselves, re- reframing their purpose, and that's a, a a good but also a very scary place to be in right now. Yeah.
1: Well, you know the, the thing about purpose, um, I I think it's it's something you know I, I mentioned in the intro of the show. I I know what it's like to go through life without knowing what your purpose is. Why did I get up? Why do I get up? And then to find that and go. This is exciting. I don't need a to-do list. You know, that's uh, when you have a purpose, passion ensues, and um, uh, I, I suppose many people have uh, have found their purpose, and many others are uh, uh, have um, have been jettisoned from something they thought was purposeful. And who, who I imagine, there's a whole variety of experiences that people have had, really across the board.
2: I think it also depends on what you've put out into the universe your whole life. And in the last 14 months, if you've been building goodwill and you've been really approaching people from a place of service and Mm -hmm. wellness and asking them how they are, looking back at them with understanding and accepting eyes, Mm -hmm. that's all people really wanted during the pandemic they and and i made a a a very slight change on my linkedin profile professional headline that reflects my my true feeling on the work i do okay and that is human or actually heart centered yeah yeah. human centered design approach but i'm very heart centered in my perspective and i feel that what people want right now from someone in my industry is emotional intelligence, because I work with people on the rebranding. And if they're going mm-hmm. to trust me with their story, I better have the empathy and the compassion, which I do. It's mm-hmm. built in. It's it, it factory installed, you yeah. know, and it, it's something that now through uh, a global pandemic, through COVID times, I've really seen and I've I really... Uh, I've really up leveled, which was my word for 2021. If I was going to say up level is my word, I better show it. I better walk
1: the yeah. talk. Well, and you know, I I, uh, I joined the joined the uh, your parade and uh, in, in up leveling last year, and up leveled my uh, my profile. And thank you very much for uh, for the the service and the way that you did that, which was uh, the process that you that you use. In uh, in in uploading my profile, if you want to go see um, w- what it looks like, it's uh, Brian Reinbold on on LinkedIn, mm-hmm. and I've had uh, I've had some really terrific comments about that. In fact, I heard, uh, Scott Mason, who was on the show last week, uh, one of the first things he told me is, uh, "Man, you you've got a really well written profile," and uh, that was. Aw,
2: shucks brother. Aw, shucks
1: indeed. Yeah. I'm blushing for
2: crime and these sakes. You know, I'm I'm trying to keep myself a secret out there, you know.
1: That's right. Yep. yep. Yeah. And uh, yeah, yeah. If you just uh, you can find uh, all the JD's contact information on uh, braveheartsradio.org uh, uh or you can uh, just uh, owlishcommunications.com. is not uh...
2: You know the interesting thing is and that's another piece of the reinvention for me I is how I've matured along with the craft, because when I started with LinkedIn, nobody again was ringing my phone and asking me how much I charged to write a LinkedIn profile. Mm -hmm. LinkedIn had to grow and a lot of people had to catch up for this service to be what it is. and LinkedIn profile writing, unlike resume writing, is not an accredited service. I mean, you don't take a course to write it. There are as many takes out there on how to fashion a LinkedIn profile as there are LinkedIn profile writers who have hung up their shingles and are out there uh, saturating the marketplace. And the service of LinkedIn profile writing has, like anything else in business, become very commoditized. Oh, yeah. And if I'm going to be out there as a personal brand strategist, yeah. I've had to take pages from my own playbook and say, I'm going to write profiles this way. I think this is the style. This is the formatting. Mm-hmm. This is the vibe that I want to communicate on behalf of my clients that positions them for the wins that they want. Kind of the method. That, is, that is in fact what has happened. I've kind of reinvented my methodology, which was yeah. proprietary, but I'm doing it in a much more emotionally intelligent way now.
1: Standing, well, We're going to break here again. And uh, remember you can support Brave Hearts for kids uh, for, and, and Brave Hearts radio for as little as $280 a week, be a sponsor of the show. And, um, Stick with us. We'll be back on the other side of 60 seconds after these very important messages.
0: Voice America is available on your Google connected device. Okay, Google, play Turning Hard Times into Good Times podcast on iHeartRadio. Try it today. Brave Hearts Radio is sponsored by Brave Hearts for Kids, a national pediatric cancer charity. Our mission is to provide life saving hope and inspiration to families facing a pediatric cancer ordeal through outreach, information, and mentoring. Our recently updated Spotlight Hope mobile app puts families in touch with resources to help make their lives better from any location in the USA. For more information or to help, go to braveheartsforkids.org. That's braveheartsforkids.org. As the mission specialist, Brian Reinhold doesn't fly the rockets, but he does help to make sure each mission gets accomplished. Employee engagement is such an important concern for business people today. Brian helps socially conscious businesses reduce expenses, increase profits, and inspire a sense of dedication in the workforce by training mission-building behavior. It's not what Brian does that's most important. It's what people do after he trains them. For more information, Contact Brian Reinbold at Mission Specialist at BraveheartsRadio.org.
1: The Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station.
0: VoiceAmerica.com. You're part of Bravehearts Radio. Call into the program today to 1 866 472 5788. That's 1 866 472 5788. You may also email Brian. His email is mission specialist at braveheartsradio.org. Now, back to this week's show.
1: And welcome back, Bravehearts. You're listening to Bravehearts Radio. We broadcast live on Voice America's flagship variety channel and all of the shows all 90 shows now are available on demand 24 7 on your favorite podcast service uh, coming into the third segment i always like to say something about the national day calendar NationaldayCalendar.com, uh, one of the great sponsors of the brave hearts for kids pediatric cancer charity uh in one of the things they do is uh the the uh, april 28th is national brave hearts day and uh, that was the promotion they did for us on National Bravehearts Day. This year it was absolutely wonderful. Um, April 28th, uh, uh, today is Cherry Cobbler Day and uh, Walnut Day, among other things. And, uh, did you know that walnut shells uh, can be used to clean jet engines? Uh, I heard it on the National Day Calendar Daily podcast today. So, uh, welcome back, JD Gershbein. Uh, we're talking about uh, reinventing ourselves and um, uh, post-COVID. And uh, it you know it, it seems to me I've I've seen you uh, you know like surfing ahead of the wave here uh, you know ever since I've known you and and you've been um, you, you've been you've been leading with uh, you know full day. Networking events and uh, New Year's networking—you really have a a great uh, knack for putting things together and getting people involved and making the connections. And one of the things that I remember from uh, reading Malcolm Gladwell was um, when he describes the in the Tipping Point something somebody called the connector, someone who makes connectors for the sheer joy of it. And I related to that. Oh my God, that's me! And I I see, uh, I see you, and and uh, you know. Some of the people that I've met through you like Frank Agin and and uh, Steve Rowell? Stephen Rowell. Stephen Rowell. yeah Steven yeah and oh my god just, these guys are these guys are at, in in the pro leagues and uh, man you're like the Vince Lombardi is that a good thing to say you you are at the top of the Well game. more like yeah. the George Halas George Halas yeah or yeah. or Paul You know, Brown, you know you as know, as, the, a, the, as a as a Chicago classics. Bears
2: yeah. fan you don't want to throw Green Bay Packers I suppose not. Stakes,
1: yeah you
2: know when you lead from empathy, everything else follows. Mm-hmm. And and that's what I do. I fancy myself a connector. And I think there's something very positive about the connector brand and bringing people together. And I do that through my events. So, I'm, I'm a producer. I, I have a facilitative leadership style. So, my goal is to get people in a, in a virtual room, see what happens. Uh, but I also did live events coming into uh, pandemic times. Mm-hmm. And I like the idea of, uh, of assuming a connector role for folks through my events, my happenings. I call them productions, really, and okay. um, or, or my learning experiences. So whether I'm throwing education at folks or I'm doing it in more of an entertaining fashion, uh, I had a, a talk show, a live talk show in front of a, a studio audience ready to launch prior to COVID. And I had to scrap that. I even had a set. I had a branded set. With a mid-century setting that I was doing uh, live here in Chicago, so I'm I'm kind of like like everyone else uh, pivoting, and my pivots are pivots within pivots and mm-hmm. micro pivots and all of that, and and now I'm just kind of moving the way I feel is right for me and my connecting, my networking, uh, my relationship development is. Largely an extension of who I am, and yeah. that is authenticity. What you get with me is what you see. Yeah,
1: you know, and that—that—that—that that, 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 um, I suppose it's a uh, almost like it's a new concept. Authenticity, authenticity. That's, good. and it's like it. That's always been so important. And um, I th- I, I think that's why you've been so successful because people get you that way. Who
2: else can I be? Like, taken, who would have right? thought that authenticity would be a coachable skill? I mean, we we heard about it prior to COVID, but at yeah. the same time, it's really become an all-star word. It's, I mean, it's it's right mm-hmm. up there as one of the more overused uh, terms
1: out there. It but is, it's, yeah.
2: It's a quality of leadership that carries the day. I think people want that right now. They want authentic leaders. They want authentic service providers. They want authentic salespeople. Uh, they want authentic first- degree connections. They want authentic humans. I mean mm-hmm. it's a it's a trickle- down effect that we're just kind of coming into. I, I'm not quite sure that we we understood authenticity as kids. I think we really had to kind of grow up and get some experience under our belt before we realized, are we operating under our own authenticity? or are yeah. we are we contriving ourselves? Are we uh, chameleonic? are, are we uh, adapting to just fit the
1: situation we're in? Yeah, well, you know, we grow into uh, the capability to be authentic, I suppose. And it reminds me of uh, something I remember Earl Nightingale said, is mm-hmm. said, that the problem is not that young people are following the leader. The follow, they're, they're following the follower. Mm-hmm. And, um, and that's, that is not authentic. Um, it's, um, you know, authenticity take, is, takes chances and it's very closely aligned with storytelling
2: and we're under great pressure right now to be storytellers mm-hmm. and it's hard to tell stories and not everyone's cut out to tell stories but
1: that is a coachable skill. And, you, know, you know what's great about uh, authenticity and storytelling? I don't think it's, uh, I think it's Abraham Lincoln quote, you know, it said, uh, uh, No man has a good enough memory to be a successful liar. So when you, when you tell your authentic story, when you, you know, you do that, it involves vulnerability. And, uh, and that, that's been something that's been difficult for a lot of us. Uh, but that is, that's part of authenticity. The easiest thing in the world to do is tell the truth.
2: And if you can do that, you can make good eye contact with people, you can inject a little personality into your parlance, (laughs) you're authentic. And and you know what, it's a little difficult sometimes to peel that off because when I was Mm -hmm. early into my LinkedIn career, my focus was putting less of my personality out there as the content, the content had to take priority because I was teaching people something. Yeah. There was a lot of curiosity and a lot of intrigue about LinkedIn when I started turning the corner as a speaker. Mm-hmm. and My audience, I felt, was not that interested in my story as they were about learning something that would help them move them out in the business. So mm-hmm. I had to kind of be that stereotypical smartest guy in the room. I was there to teach people and not to do shtick or material. Yeah. But as I moved forward in the space and as I got more comfortable and confident doing what what I was doing, it all started to just ring right out of me. I started to inject more of myself into my talks. I started to crack open the window of my world so people could see the insanity that was me. <laughs> and, and that's what started to sell the concept because mm. here I was, I wasn't just some commodity or some bandwagon jumper. I was, yeah. it was really trying very hard to get people to see through the veneer of what social networks were and how they could acculturate into it and feel a part of the society that was playing out before them. Most people are detached, Brian. They can't visualize themselves operating in the online world. And that's a huge leap for some people. Some never really make that leap. They just Mm -hmm. are ensconced in their comfort zone and don't feel right about what's on the other side of their content or their statements or their profiles. So I position myself as someone who could kind of nudge them a little bit further out of the comfort zone because we all know no growth occurs in the comfort zone
1: where right. they would
2: meet people at that level that they wanted and that they would be taken at face value and that they would be more comfortable in parsing their value out online when,
1: when they really didn't know how they would be taken. Yeah. And you, uh, do you use um, uh, improv and, uh, and of course, humor with that? Um, yes. Well, improv doesn't necessarily have to be humorous, but I, I'm i constantly okay.
2: improvising my way through my days. Everything I've ever done has been improvised. Mm-hmm. So why stop now? Yeah. And that boils down to how I select content from my profile. It boils down to how I connect with people, how I massage conversations, how I meet people in the online world on Zoom. I I, I I have no idea what I'm going to say mm. until I say it, and I, I'm at, I'm on record as saying that I'm at my best when I don't know what's coming. I, I'm yeah. I'm one of those people that kind of thrives on it um, mm. because I don't want to look robotic or mechanical going off a script.
1: Yeah. You know that, that that's interesting. Uh, the uh, that people don't know what what you're about to say because I, I remember the first time I I, uh, I gave a speech at Toastmasters years ago, and the the guy who uh, I, what I did is I gave my opening line, forgot what I was going to say next,
2: mm-hmm.
1: and then um, I remembered and went ahead with the speech. And the, the, the fellow that evaluated me, he said, uh, "You have the pause," and I realized. Man, I can't make a mistake up here. Um, nobody knows what I'm going to say next, and usually I don't have an idea what I'm going to say next. So that that is a that is that's a great place to be. I'll tell you, there's power in that pause,
2: and it was it was very heads up for for you to receive that kind of feedback because sometimes when we lay back or where we're figuring out what we're going to say, and it comes across as a pause. Mm -hmm. We've got a contemplative expression (laughs) on our face. We really think that that's a strategic place for that. And a good strategically placed pause is a vital part of communication. But Mm -hmm. at the same time, when you measure your thoughts as a speaker and your delivery is paced and you know your content well and Mm -hmm. you're rehearsed and polished and and the audience knows that you respect them, then they start rooting for you. And then it no longer becomes a talk. It becomes a learning experience. It becomes a shared experience. And you're going through it together. And when Mm -hmm. I started going through my paces and bringing more story and more of myself Mm -hmm. into what I was doing, people would come up to me after my talk and say, complimented me on the content, but I wanted to hear, you made me laugh. You made me think. Mm -hmm. You made me, you put me in position where I haven't been. And you've taken me places where I've never been. That's. To me, that's the warm and fuzzy from that, because
1: there, there's nothing new under the sun. It's just our take on it that makes it special. Yeah, that's a, that, that, is a, that is a good feeling. Um, going to break one last time here before uh, before we conclude uh, our day and time flies when you're having fun with uh, J.D. Gershbein. Um, remember, if you can support Bravehearts for Kids and Bravehearts Radio uh, for as little as $280 a week and be a sponsor of our show. Um, not just good for your business, not just good for the people you serve. It really helps the kids suffering from cancer and the families uh, of those kids. So uh, stick with us. We will be back after these very important messages.
0: us on twitter at voice america trn get the lowdown on guests new shows and your favorites that's voice america trn brave hearts radio is sponsored by brave hearts for kids a national pediatric cancer charity our mission is to provide life-saving hope and inspiration to families facing a pediatric cancer ordeal through outreach information and mentoring Our recently updated Spotlight Hope mobile app puts families in touch with resources to help make their lives better from any location in the USA. For more information or to help, go to BraveHeartsForKids.org. That's BraveHeartsForKids.org. As the mission specialist, Brian Reinvold doesn't fly the rockets, but he does help to make sure each mission gets accomplished. Employee engagement is such an important concern for business people today. Brian helps socially conscious businesses reduce expenses, increase profits, and inspire a sense of dedication in the workforce by training mission-building behavior. It's not what Brian does that's most important, it's what people do after he trains them. For more information, Contact Brian Reingold at mission specialist at braveheartsradio.org. Stimulating talk
1: gets those synapses in your brain firing really fast. All the time the number 1 internet talk station where your opinion counts. Voiceamerica.com
0: You're part of Brave Hearts Radio. Call into the program today to 1 866 472 5788. That's 1 866 472 5788. You may also email Brian. His email is mission specialist at braveheartsradio.org. Now, back to this week's show.
1: And welcome back, Bravehearts. You're listening to Bravehearts Radio. I'm your host, Brian Reinbold, and I am the mission specialist because it's your parade. I just help make sure you're in it. And uh, we are planning a trip to Machu Picchu. In uh, the Sacred Valley of the Incas, we're going to be staying with Daniel Gutierrez at the uh, Catalina Retreat Center in, uh, in Pizac, Peru, near Machu Picchu, uh, December 12th through the 18th. You can find out about that at BraveHeartsAdventures.org. And uh, looking forward to doing that. Uh, I'm also going to be doing some cooking at, uh, in Daniel's kitchen there. Uh, we, we, we're we going to be doing a cooking show, television, uh, coming up. And uh, the cooking show is based on the idea that as, as divided and divisive as things can be in our world, we like to eat each other's food. Boy, isn't that the truth? And I, uh, I'm a total foodie. Yeah. Never had Peruvian food, though. Yeah. I, empanadas, I think, is one thing that comes to mind. We did something. Um, there was a uh, uh, Navidad. Uh, uh, event that we went to a few years ago. And I have to look up some details on that because we connected with some people that uh, put on an event here in, uh, well, in, in, Chicagoland, I'm you know in Rockford now, which I've been told is not part of Chicagoland. We're our own land. So, uh, <laughs> but uh, JD Gershbein, you are from Chicagoland and uh um, Bring uh, all of the, the the good things of the North Side, uh, the the Cubs, the Bears. Uh, you know, you got got a lot of a lot of good things about Chicago, and l- love the uh, love the area, love love the people in this area. Um, and you know what? Um, my wife tells me you, you would you would just fall in love with whoever the people were, no matter where you were. And I thought, yeah, maybe that's true. So.
2: I think so. I also love blues music, thin okay. crust pizza, and. Italian beef sandwich with yeah. hot peppers baptized.
1: Thank you very much. You're talking about the thin crust pizza cut into squares, the true Chicago style pizza? Yes, absolutely. Yeah, okay. You know, there, there, there's that old joke, Brian, about the yeah. guy
2: who's ordering pizza and Brian yeah. the, the other end says, would you like that cut into six or eight slices?
1: And he says, better make it eight or better make it six. I can't eat eight. Yeah, that's you know. But I, I tell that story about when I was a little kid and my mom was making me a peanut butter sandwich. You want to cut it into two pieces or four? I said mom, I'm not that hungry. Better cut it into two. Yeah. You, know? no, no, no. you know, that's no, funny. Yeah. It's about jokes, and, and this this is what uh, when when I think of improv, I think of uh, the humorous aspect of improv, of course, uh, which mm-hmm. is uh, which is well known. But you said there's there's also the you know um, uh, more more of a business like uh, aspect to it, uh, and. Uh, Well, applied improvisation is coming
2: on strong as we sit here and tape this on May Mm -hmm. 17th, twenty twenty-one, And we're 14 months uh, into the COVID-19 pandemic. So applied improv is the techniques and fundamentals of improvisation as applied to other settings, primarily business. And uh, Chicago's famed Second City, where I have studied, is in at the business level. They are training uh, executives. They are training salespeople. They are uh, fostering employee engagement with their programs. So a huge piece of the improv experience has been uh, rationed out to businesses now. And yeah. I think more and more people who have taken improv understand its value because yeah. it's, it really is a foundational uh, aspect of human communication and the way that we listen, the way that we communicate, the way that we uh, kind of support our, our scene partners, our conversation partners. And yeah. that's what I take to to my work is – Augmenting my communication, yeah. being there for my clients—not just in ear, but in mind and in mouth—and yeah. and understanding the role that not being prepared has in in
1: doing business with folks. And you know the the key, uh, the key learn no, the key learning or word, pick one, Brian. Okay, so the key uh, word for me in in, in what you're saying is um, is listen. And yes. when, when you're describing uh, improv in a business situation, it reminds me of when I was a sales manager or when I was in in in, in the in the field in sales, and um, you know, what's the objection? Well, you have to you have to improv sometimes. Um, you know, we 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 do lobbying for small businesses. Lobbying is the problem. Well, let me tell you what, sir. I agree with you that you know the way that most of it is. I remember that that situation in um, uh, Brookings, South Dakota, uh, training a, a sales rep, and um, you know, yeah, and like I think also when
2: it. you're when you're asking salespeople to go out there and communicate value to a prospect, mm-hmm. I, I think there's. Their work, they work off scripts, off very canned dialogue with, with prospects. And if a prospect says this, they've got response A. If a prospect mm-hmm. says this, they've got response B in terms of overcoming objections. But when you're out there from an improvisational standpoint, yeah. you don't know what comes next. Uh, you have to literally move on the fly, on, yeah. on the hoof and wing it. And I Thank love all know. of that. I love all of that because... That's how you find your influence. Yeah, you can't find your influence in a very structured way. You, you've got to kind of again, you've got to fight your way. You've got to battle through these conversations. And Think on your feet. Very, it's very hard to come down on ourselves when we mm-hmm. when we don't get the sale or or can't get the interview or yeah. don't get the connection at this point. So, getting better. There's always this curve, and mm-hmm. some curves are steep, others not, but. Improv, it's fascinating to me. Uh, It it involves creativity. It involves ingenuity. It involves serendipity. It involves some strategy. but, Mm But really, it's just more of positioning yourself to be aligned with a scene partner, putting your partner in position to win, and keeping the conversation going. It's all about extending conversations. Very popular phrase used in the Second City world is being present in the moment. Which mm, calls for yeah. listening and knowing when to deliver your next line, and not necessarily going for the
1: laugh, but just continuing the scene. Yeah, I remember doing some improv in a in a, in a, um, a, a training of some kind, and, and um, we, uh, uh, we we did a yes and. The hallmark of the improv world, yes, yeah, yes, yes comma yes and dot dot dot. Yeah, yes. Yes. And the uh, implied, uh, implied, applied improvisation. Is that, uh, uh, is that, uh, that's new work that you're doing now? I'm exploring the role of
2: applied improvisation in online Mm -hmm. communication, because so much of what we would deem improv is based in the feet on the floor physical world. Oh, yeah. Where you've got communication partners, but Mm -hmm. online, the same rules apply. There's a strong yes and component in what I do. I'm, I'm always keeping conversations in play. That's what I do all day long. JD, yeah. what do you do? I just answer emails. I answer texts. I answer voicemails. I leave voicemails. I'm, I'm constantly on Zoom. Mm-hmm. I'm constantly maneuvering through online communities and, and just speaking with people and getting to know them. And I find that when I improvise it, I learn more about them. I
1: get them talking. And then I can extend their mm-hmm. sentences. Yeah. It's it's absolutely, absolutely amazing. Now you've got a uh, you've got a, a, a new podcast.
2: Well, it won't be new if people are listening to this in like two or three years. It'll be an established podcast. It's just <laughs> kicking major ass out there in the <laughs> That's waiting. right. Uh, but if, as we sit here and tape, yes, on June seventh, uh, I'm co-hosting with the lovely Sia Yasser Tornrat, and we are uh, hosting two deer in the headlights. Two deer in the headlights. I'm one deer. She's the other deer. And deers cross, and sometimes wind up getting stuck on a road. Uh-huh. Uh, that 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 kind of that gap that exists between thought and action that creates those deer in the headlights moments to which we can all relate. Yeah, and uh, we're going to explore the lighter side of human communication, and like it. just try to develop a
1: craving for our show at this I point. I like it. I think that's uh, it sounds yeah, really man. good, um, and uh, I've seen see, uh, uh, at uh, some events in the past too. So, man, you're going to be this is going to be great. I think that's going to be in your wheelhouse. I expect to see that one hit out of the park, and. Uh, looking forward to that a lot. Yeah, in well, fact, uh, since we're on uh, you know, most of the people that are listening to the show are listening to this as a podcast. Mm-hmm. And so we don't know if it's um, you know, in May or, you know, you know, next year or which would be this, I don't know. I'm getting myself confused now. But um, any any final thoughts. Are final you having notes? a deer in the headlights moment there? But I might be. Yeah. It sounds like if, you know, if I went to your LinkedIn profile, it might look like a deer there in you the. There you headlights, go. Well,
2: you know? the, the key is to do it with humility <laughs> and a plum and panache. And because we all have these deer in the headlights moments. And you know what? One thing I've learned about podcasting, which is another piece of the reinvention, is mm-hmm. boy, it looks so easy until you get in front of that hot mic and mm-hmm. and the webcam and you have to stand and deliver. And I I like that. I like that ability to be impromptu. And you know, when it comes, it's a beautiful thing. But mm-hmm. when you're sitting there and unfortunately, sometimes our thoughts get the best of us, and we're we're thinking too fast for our mouth. Yeah, and it causes confusion. and And the goal is that when you are a podcast host or a podcast guest, as many people have been in the last, uh, you know, really since the onset of the pandemic, absolutely, you, you're more conscious of, of of what you're trying to say and convey and obviously get it out there in the context intended.
1: So it's an exercise in positivity for all of us. Well, thanks, JD. Uh, You know, thanks to, to the Bravehearts for joining us this week um we've been talking about uh reinventing ourselves post covid with jd gershbein you can connect with jd find you find all of his uh, uh ways to connect uh with him tedx talk all that good stuff on the braveheartsradio.org website and remember go to braveheartsforkids.org and, and do what you can to help in any way that you can 20 dollars uh, provides a banner that uh, can cheer the day for a a child or a family that uh, has a child with cancer, braveheartsforkids.org. And please plan to join us every Monday at three o'clock central time. Or anytime you like, 24-7 on your favorite podcast service for Bravehearts Radio. Next week, we'll have as our guests, Patricia and Craig Neal, authors of The Art of Convening and founders of the Center for Purposeful Leadership in Minneapolis. Uh, we're talking about uh, purpose and the social enterprise. That'll be, that'll be fun. You won't want to miss that. Remember that doing good anywhere does good everywhere. And we'll see you next week. Until then, be well and stay well.
0: Thanks again for joining us this week for Brave Hearts Radio. Be sure to tune in for another edition featuring your host, Brian Reinbold. The show can be heard every Monday at 1 p.m. Pacific Time and 4 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. We'll talk again next time.